uh, welcome everybody. You guys are uh, one week into your fast. I know it feels like a month, uh, but you are one week in, one third of the way, and we're already getting some amazing stories of what God um, is doing. I'm just so proud of you. We had uh, one of our first reported healings already took place. Someone was actually scheduled for surgery um, that week. The pre-surgery, at least, of it was that week, and um, they had someone in the church come over and pray over them, and uh, they came running over to my house afterwards because all of a sudden, the shoulder, they couldn't even lift up. They just lifted straight up. Seven years. Um, um, and so he was even skeptical. He's like, I, I don't even, I just, I can't believe this. So he ordered like an x-ray the next day just to see and everything in his shoulder was healed, completely done um, in that prayer. So some of you guys are already experiencing victory. Keep those stories coming. God is moving. And some of you, let's just be real, you're still in the middle of a battle. Any of you have a tough week last week? Because that was me, uh, by the way, because I had like a pinched nerve in my neck. And by the way, those same people that prayed uh, for my neighbor that, that got healed prayed for me and I got worse. But um, so, so what I want to just help you understand is, hey, if you got a victory, that's awesome. God is moving. And some of you, listen to this. Some of you, just we learned last week, right? We're, we're beginning the battle, right? You're just in it. Be persistent. Be, be consistent. Keep honoring God. Keep adding fat. You're adding power to your prayer. And sometimes the greatest victories only come after a greater battle. And some of you just have some greater battles you got to walk through and you got an enemy trying to stop you. So don't give up because I truly believe, um, even though I had a tough week this last week, I really believe that God is going to do incredible things and he is moving in the heavenly realms in ways I don't fully understand. He is working. He's assigning angels uh, to accomplish things, not just in my life, but in your life. Um, so keep up the fast. Keep on being a part. Don't miss our last like worship night of the experience this Monday night over on Boynton campus. Um, just be a part of this because I really believe that God is going to do amazing things. So don't give up, right? Don't remember Daniel, 21 days of fast. The first 20, he didn't experience anything. He didn't see anything. But on the 21st day, what was uncovered was the entire time God was working and he's working um, in your life. So, well, hey, um, today we're going to kind of take a shift a little bit in our series of, of more of God. And what we're going to do over the next probably three or even four weeks, I'm going to be with you guys teaching you about the Holy Spirit of God and his role in your life and how he can empower and transform of who you are. Now, when we talk about God, sometimes when we talk about Jesus, it's easy to understand. He's the son of God. He, he is God. He became flesh and blood. And we can kind of relate to who Jesus is, right? And then God the Father, we kind of get this. We understand the role uh, of the Father and his role and all of that. But then when you talk about God's spirit or what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden that's complicated, isn't it? It's harder to understand. You can't see, you can't touch. And, and so all of a sudden there's this aspect of God that become confusing. We can even be afraid of, and, and I don't understand how to talk about God's spirit or God's presence. And so um, what I wanna do is kind of help us begin to understand that a little bit and understand how he works. But I wanna start out by helping you understand something that, that I think you understand God's spirit more than you even realize. And what I mean is that every one of you right now, if you were to look at yourself, you know, you understand that you're more than simply your flesh and your bones, aren't you? Like you realize that every funeral you've ever gone to, the idea is that, yeah, their body remains in the ground, but there's more to them than that. There is the spirit or the soul of us that lives forever and ever and ever, right? And we understand this principle. We kind of we get this. In fact, you even see it like illustrated in movies. You ever see in movies where someone's like on the deathbed and then their spirit kind of rises? above, kind of illustrating there's more of that. In fact, I have one of our creative guys kind of do something to help us understand. You see this moment in Spider-Man right there? Right, you see, see the glimpse of that where, where you have, um, that's actually Dr. Strange, right? Where you, see, where you see there's him, right? And then there's the spirit 
as well. And we kind of understand that there's, we're flesh and bones and we are, if you will, spirit. We can kind of put that off now. There we go. Um, there we go. We can just put that blank if you would, sorry. Um, but then what, we, what, we, what I want us to understand as well is, is that, that God also has a spirit. Like, 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 just like we are flesh, that God actually has the spirit of God. He has a presence as well, just like you and me. And so what I want to begin to understand about the Holy Spirit, why it's so important to understand about God's spirit, is because what I want you to get is when you gave your life to Jesus, God's spirit, remember we just kind of saw that illustration, right, of the spirit, God's spirit actually does something kind of incredible. And listen to this, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And once you're forgiven, what separated us from God, our sin is now removed. Notice what happens. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God's Spirit moves in you. That this promise is to you, to your children, and to those who are far away, and I want you to see this, to all who have been called by the Lord our God. In other words, I guess I want to give you this promise. I want you to know for everyone that the moment you give your life to Jesus, that the Spirit of God moves in you. And I kind of want, and like for me, illustrations help me process things. And so I have here, like if you look at this, it's kind of the opposite. Notice this. Imagine that's God's Spirit. Imagine that that's you right here. What happens? See, it's God's Spirit literally dwells in you. Do you get the glance? Words, I want us to get, because it's kind of hard to understand and we get it, but so I wanted to kind of show the imagery of here we are, we give our lives to Jesus, and all of a sudden in that moment, this presence of God begins to dwell inside of you. And it's no longer just you, now it's you, flesh and bones, and it's God's spirit walking in, 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 if you will, living in the same place. And Jesus says something so fascinating about this. He says, you know what, guys? It's actually better to have God's spirit in you than have me walk alongside of you. And so what we're going to kind of walk and uncover over these next few weeks is we're going to kind of answer some, some questions and deal with some things like this. And we're going to kind of um, look at this reality of um, what, what is it, why did God move in? We're going to kind of look at what does God want to do inside of you? And then we're going to look at um, this, this whole thing is how do we experience? In other words, if we're here, but then God's spirit, presence, power, the person of God, remember, the Holy Spirit is not just a force or a power. He is always references a he. The Bible says he has emotions. He can feel, um, he, he can be quenched, if you will. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. He has a will, so you understand. So, so, so we have God in you and you have you. And I wanna teach you, why is it that some of us go, well, if God's in me, but I don't, I don't, why don't I feel him? Why don't I experience that? We're gonna kind of walk through that over the next few weeks. So, but what I wanna do is start out today we're trying to help you understand um, why it is and, and how it is this Holy Spirit thing works in your, in, in your life. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of take a look, a snapshot, uh, by the way, at the first time you ever see the Holy Spirit dwell inside of a human body and just move in. We're going to look at the first time. And what's kind of going to surprise some of you is who it actually takes place. Because it isn't the disciples. You know who it is? It's actually Jesus. And, and I, wanna, I want you to see this in a moment. We're going to look at this moment in Scripture where the Son of God, I know He's divine Son of God, where you see this moment in Scripture where the Holy Spirit moves inside of Him. And here's why this is so important. Because part of what Jesus came to do was to model for us the way that we could actually live this life here on earth. I want you to see this. See, Jesus was, was, was God, but somehow He gave up some of that glory and some of His uh, some of His. Godness, if you will, who's full of God, and became a human being, flesh and 
bones. He was limited in time and he was limited to the space, to one place and one time. And what's fascinating about this is what the Bible tells us about Jesus is that he was like a high priest. He was this mediator between us and, and, and God the Father. And, and that what's amazing about him is though even though he was like the son of God, he was tempted in every single way, just like you and me. In other words, we, there's times in the Bible where Jesus was hungry. There was times he was tired. We know that when he faced uh, Satan, he was tempted in every single way. We know just like you and me, he faced an abuse. He faced a rejection. He faced uh, moments of his life where he's like, Father, why have you forsaken me? He would live the human experience. Listen to this. In some ways, so we have a God to relate with. When we cry out to God, God, you don't understand. He's like, no, I get it. <laughs> I lived it. I know exactly what they like, the pain you're walking through. I know it. I get it, right? I know what that's like. But also, here's why. To set for us an example... In fact, you know, the first Christians weren't called Christians. They were called followers of the way. They were called followers, in essence, of Jesus. Because he was to model for you and me, I want you to hear this, the life that you and I could live with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pick up Jesus. He's around 30 years old. He's lived this kind of life. And he's, you know, uh, been a son, been a carpenter, done all these things. And he's about to step into his ministry. And I want you to see what God does and what changes in Jesus after the spirit, the person of God, the presence of God moves inside of him. Look at Luke chapter three, we begin. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And so you see a picture of Jesus. Here he goes, being obedient to his father. And as he was praying, and I want you to notice that context. You're gonna see this a lot in this series, that the spirit of God moved when we position ourselves in this season of these moments of prayer. And as Jesus was praying to his father, um, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in, notice this, in bodily form like a dove. It wasn't a dove. Remember the image we just saw earlier, right? It was the bodily form of God's presence begin to move inside of Jesus. And then a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love, with whom, with you, I am very well pleased. And what I love in this moment, do you notice how you see Jesus, you see God the Father, and you see the Holy Spirit all together in one place at one time? It's the first place that you really kind of see lived out, if you will, in clarity, that we call the Trinity, that there's God's Spirit, there's the Father, and there's the Son. And in one moment, you see all of this happen. And so here's what I want you to see, if you will. So here is Jesus. He has been living his life 30 years. He goes into the water. He is baptized in obedience to what his Father says to do. And then they say, here's what we notice happened. Just remember the image we looked earlier right there? What do you see? You see the Spirit of God. Imagine this is Jesus. And the Spirit of God moves inside of Jesus. And now the presence of God is dwelling in the Son of God. Now here's why I say this. I want you to see what happens next. This is so important. So look at the next verse. And here's what I want you to see. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when that happened, and then he began his ministry. And don't skip over that, because I want you to see. So Jesus is living 30 years, and he's making, you know, he's a, you know, working with wood or stone or whatever, he, you know, he would do. He had a job, and he, he was a son, he had a career. He, he was obviously without sin, he was fueling him without sin, he was living his life. But you don't read stories of him doing miracles, do you? You don't see him casting out devils or demons. You, you, don't, you don't see him walking in water. You don't, you don't see him you know, going to the temple and turning it over and making it pure. You don't see, in essence, the power of God demonstrated in the life of you. He's not actually living in ministry in the ways. And what happens? He goes into the water, the Holy Spirit moves in, and then what notice happens? And then he began to do what God had called him to do. 
And here's what I want you to see, because I want you to, he set the example for you and me. I want you to see, because I think so often we miss this. I want you to see how many times when Jesus does the things that we worship Jesus for, Jesus, you're awesome, you're amazing, wow, that's incredible. I want you to see how many times that the power behind what Jesus did, okay, how he was able to do it, that, that God's word and Jesus himself would point back to that that moment that the spirit of God in me was the source of what I have done. And I want you to see this over and over again. Remember, he models an example for us. He's the son of God and he walked in power. So Jesus, what's this word? Full of the, okay? Right after, remember that moment, right? The spirit of God moved in him. Um, he left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he would be tempted by the devil. And I love this. So the first glimpse we get is, hey, now that the spirit of God moves in him, he is now leading Jesus. And here, this is so important because if you want to experience the power of God, Jesus sets the example. In other words, he chose to not do his own will, but let the spirit of God who's in him will lead and direct his life. Jesus even, if you will, humbled himself. He said, okay, God, you're in me, my father. Your spirit is going to lead me. You want to learn to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? You need to learn that the Holy Spirit leads you. And you see Jesus go, hey, here's what happened. God moved in me. And it's like, okay, Lord, you, you tell me, Dad, where I'm supposed to go. I'll be obedient. Oh, go in the desert? I'll do it. But I'm not just going to lead you. The Holy Spirit empowered him. And for 40 days, he faced the tempter that caused so many people to fail. And he stood face to face with every temptation that, by the way, takes us out. And he overcame every one of them in the power of the Holy Spirit. But do you understand how you start to See the pointing from this moment in his life when the presence of God moved in. Hey, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit began to lead him and, and, and direct him in his life and empower him to overcome uh, the enemy and the temptations. We continue. Look, same, same chapter, a few verses later. Jesus returned to the Galilee in the power of what? Of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. And so as Jesus started doing miracles, God began in his word, began, hey, let me tell you where that power came from. That moment that we just kind of, if you watch that example of, he came out of the water and my spirit moved in him. Now he's walking with my power, with my presence, with this relationship with me that is allowing him to do all these things that no mere human being could actually do. And in fact, Jesus is in a temple. And I want you to see how Jesus himself points to how it's the spirit of God in him that's enabling him to do all these amazing things that would transform the world. Listen to what Jesus says. The spirit of the Lord, you see that again? Is upon me, for he has anointed, and by the way, the word anointed means to be empowered or set apart. So he's empowered me and set me apart to bring the good news to the poor. He's called me to encourage and give hope to people. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see. He's given me power over sickness and disease, that the oppressed will be set free. He's actually given me power to break strongholds in people's lives, to proclaim a year of the Lord's favor. And all these things that Jesus is doing, what does he say? It's the spirit of the Lord that's upon me. Do you see the pattern? Over and over again, Acts chapter 10, we continue. God anointed me, empowered me, Jesus of Nazareth, with the what? Holy Spirit, yes, and power. And now he went around doing all the good, healing all that were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And we just, I just don't want us to skip over this. As Jesus has authority over the enemy, as he begins to set people free and all of these things that Jesus did, what is it over and over again? Oh, it's because, here's why, because the Spirit of God is in him, because the Spirit of God is in him, because the Spirit of God is in him. You see how over and over this points to this moment? At that moment, that in the baptism, when they looked, they saw this, the, the person of God dwell in Jesus. Everything changed in him from that point forward in life. 
In fact, look what the scriptures would declare hundreds of years before Jesus would, would leave heaven, become a, a man and live on earth. Listen to what the role of the Holy Spirit would play in his life. That the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. He's gonna stay in Jesus. The spirit of wisdom. He's gonna teach Jesus what it is to do. Um, by the way, uh, of understanding in the spirit of counsel and of might. See, the power or, or wisdom. Do you ever notice how in, in, when Jesus would um, be in conversation, he would know what they were thinking without them saying it? See, where, where'd that come from? Well, the Spirit of God who knows all things. See, the Holy Spirit is all-knowing. He's God, lived in Jesus, gave Jesus a supernatural ability to know people's hearts, their emotions, to give them wisdom, to walk in power. Are you starting to get the glimpse of what happened? Is that Jesus became, he left heaven, he became one of us, the Son of God, perfect without sin, yes, but also he became fully human. And God understood that the way you're gonna be transformed and change the world is you can't do this on your flesh alone. So before you go into ministry, I'm gonna orchestrate this moment where I'm gonna take my spirit, he's gonna move in you, and now you'll be walking and breathing. You'll be Jesus and, and your God's spirit will be together. They'll be resting on him. And this wisdom and this power and this anointing and this might and this unbelievable ability to heal and, and cast out of spiritual authority and all of this power is going to come from that moment where God moved in him. Now guess what? When it came time for the disciples to change the world, do you know that Jesus set the example? And that he would tell the disciples the same thing and you would see that God the Father would do the same thing in the Son of God of Jesus that he would do in his disciples. In fact, look into what Jesus says. Notice, remember the example, okay? He got baptized, there it is, the Holy Spirit was on him and Jesus changes the world. Notice what Jesus then tells his disciples. Um, once when they were eating, after Jesus had died on the cross and come back from life, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. I told you before, remember the moment John baptized him, right? John baptized with water, but just in a few days you'll be baptized. That word literally means immersed. You're gonna be immersed with the Holy Spirit. Please hear that, right? In other words, in the same image, remember the thing we watched? In the same way Jesus came out of the water and the presence of God himself dwelled in them, in him. Jesus says, you need to go seek the Lord. He wants to do the same thing in you. And notice what it says, and then you will receive, what's that word? power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you, my witnesses, you're going to like change the world in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And here's what is fascinating. You go back and you can read the Gospels and you read all about these 12 disciples that follow Jesus and you notice before the Holy Spirit moves in them, you can notice some patterns in their life. First of all, when Jesus was attacked, what did they do? They were lived in fear and they ran and they abandoned Jesus. In fact, uh, when, 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 the, when the women who came to care for Jesus' body in the tomb, because they were sent, because the men were locked in a room, afraid by the way, um, as they were sitting behind locked doors, terrified for their lives, but, but once again, the Holy Spirit wasn't in them. And, and, and you see, these same disciples were very self-centered. They sent their mommy to go talk to Jesus because they wanted to be elevated in, uh, across their peers. They wanted more power. You see, these same disciples, listen to this, um, they, did not love their enemies. In fact, two of them are called the sons of thunder because they asked Jesus to strike people with lightning they didn't like. Some of you are like, I wouldn't mind that either. <laughs> 
And, 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 and these same disciples, listen to this, um, they were very self-centered and they weren't strong. But, but something happens. They do what Jesus said. It's called Pentecost. In Acts chapter two, they begin to seek the Lord and they spend these time together in community, in prayer, just like Jesus, seeking the, the presence of God. And then all of a sudden, we read in Acts chapter two that once again, the same thing happens. The spirit of God descends on them. And immediately, look at their life before and after. Because these same men that were locked in a room would step out in front of 3,000 plus people um, that, by the way, had just been shouting, crucify Jesus, and they watched Jesus drive. And yet, not fear, no, but boldness, they would proclaim, yeah, you killed our Savior, but God raised him from the dead, and 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. And these same people that were self-centered and all about themselves were now humbling themselves and serving each other, setting up feeding programs for people that were, were homeless. And these same people that were elbowing each other to get ahead were now loving um, each other. And these same people that the people looked at and said they're ordinary unschooled men. That's who the disciples were. Would, would stand in front of great men and women that were opposing them. And they would take notice of the supernatural wisdom and authority they walked and they lived with. And they took note these men had been with Jesus. These same men that the devil defeated, they would cast them out of other people. And all of these things changed when? When the Spirit of God moved in them. Are you seeing the pattern with Jesus? God's like, before you go change the world, okay, I'm gonna move my DNA, my literal presence, the person inside of you. Hey, disciples, before you go out and change the world, I want you to wait and seek God because when the Spirit of God moves in you, you're gonna, you're gonna have the power you need to do everything that you were created to be. And here's why I wanna say all of this. Do you realize the exact same thing is true with you? Okay, it's not just about Jesus. He set the example. Then the disciples, they set the example. Remember, the Holy Spirit wasn't just for them. It's for all that were far off. Everyone who would call the name of that's you and that's me. And here's what I want you to see. Notice this first. I want you to see this. Here it is. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to imagine that for a moment. Like, so, so Jesus is there, that body has been crucified, right? And the spirit of God moved back into that body and actually raised Jesus from the dead. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the spirit of God, look, look at this. He will, I love this phrase, give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Hey, when you gave your life to Jesus and the spirit of God moved in, he, one of the roles that he wants to do, I love this, is this idea of mortal, meaning it's imperfect, it's broken. And I love this, he goes, yeah, but what's going to happen is the perfect spirit of God, the presence, the power, the DNA of God will move in you, not just to dwell in you, because that's a cool little thing, oh, God's with you, no, no, to actually give life to the brokenness, to make you whole, to do incredibly amazing and powerful things. And I want you to see this over and over and over again, that you see before God moved in Jesus to do change the world, he put a spirit in him. Before God moved in the disciples to radically change them in the world they live in, he put a spirit in them. And before God wants to do something in you, the moment you give your life to Christ, by the way, he puts a spirit in you. And just for the record, if you've not become a Christian, if you've not surrendered, you don't have the spirit of God in you. Because that only happens after you have asked Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life, your sins are forgiven, and then once that takes place, God moves in. And so what I wanna do over the next few weeks is we kinda get this idea is I wanna kinda look at these three things, and I wanna help us understand this. And here's the things I want you to look at. Why did God's Spirit move in? 
Like that imagery I've showed you over and over again. Like, why did God do it? We're gonna kind of look to understand that. Why, why that way to change us? What does God's spirit wanna do in you? We'll focus on that a little bit more today. Like, what is it that God wants to do in you? What, when he moves in, and now it's not just you, it's the spirit of God. You got a roommate, by the way, guys. <laughs> Right? And this roommate has emotions, has a will, has a desire. Um, he has a wisdom. He has a supernatural. He has all of these things. And so there's this battle between you and him. Oh, Jesus. So what does he want to do? And then the biggest question I want to really address too as well is how can you experience more of God in you? Like if you've got this, this God in you and he has a will, mind, and emotions, you have a will, mind, and emotions, and the Bible says they're not the same, you start to get the glimpse. So what I want to try to teach you is how do you allow this beautiful, perfect spirit of God in you to take over your mind, your will, and your emotions and to lead you more like he led Jesus so he can transform you in your life. So we're gonna be looking at that. Before we dive into all of that though, I kind of wanted to, um, I actually took it in a different direction than I originally had planned today. Um, and, and I really want to just kind of look at and begin to explore something that I think is so powerful, and that is this. When the Spirit of God moves in you and you start to surrender and let Him lead your life, what I wanna do is I wanna begin to paint a picture. We're gonna talk about one one thing today and then we're gonna talk about a couple of them next week as well. Um, I want you to look at what the power of God and the Holy Spirit actually can look like in your life. That Jesus said, for example, and how he lived, the disciples there, and I want to see, hey, so, so what would happen in your life if you actually let God's spirit lead, if you, if you actually um, got to the point you learned to listen to him and surrender him and experience his power, what would your life be like? And in the Bible, it's called the fruit of the spirit. It's the result of God's spirit. But I want you to notice, some of you read it, you kind of know them, but I want you to notice something that we often miss about the fruits of the spirit that I think is so powerful, I just want to encourage you with, and that's this. Look, look at the fruits of the spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. I want, I want you to notice what these things are. I want you to notice something about them. He, he helps you love more. He gives you greater joy. He gives you a supernatural peace. He helps you be more patient. Anybody need patience? <laughs> he gives you more kindness. He makes you gooder. <laughs> My English teacher's rolling their eyes. He can help you be more faithful. He can help you be more gentle. And he gives you self-control. I want you to see this. He gives you the ability to, even though you feel it or want it, you don't have to do the thing that you'll regret later in your life. The power to overcome sin and temptation and all the scars that we have in our lives. But here's what I want you to notice about this. Did you notice how so many of these things are actually emotional? That so many of these things actually transform who you are, your relationships, the joy, how you experience life. And I say this because sometimes, and don't hear this wrong way, sometimes we over-spiritualize the Holy Spirit. And what we focus in on is, yeah, the Holy Spirit came on Jesus and he cast out demons and he walked on water and did miracles. Yeah, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna look at that, some of those powerful things in the next couple of weeks. But what I wanna start out with is ultimately what you see here is you see your heavenly Father looking out to us, realizing how hard and broken this world is and some of the horrible things that you and I have had to endure and some of the battles in our life. And he goes, let me tell you what God wants to do in you. It's not just through you. He wants to fill you with his peace because he knows this world is so uncertain. And so what does he say? My peace I leave with you. Hey, the power of God in you actually is not just there to help you, you know, do these things in ministry. No, it's helping you when everything in the world around you is uncertain, crazy, for you to be fully present with your family and with the Lord and find joy and all the, because you have peace in your life. See, something that we, we, I think we've learned uh, as a culture in this generation is um, 
is that we learned from the last generation that you can work 90 hours a week and you can have all the money in the world, but without peace, you don't enjoy it, do you? In other words, we started learning the value of emotional health and how it impacts everything you do, including your relationships, your business, your like life, ministry, all of it. And what we've learned, right, is that, that with everything in the world, without peace, you don't enjoy it. Um, if, if it. Without love, it's kind of empty, right? How many people have everything in the world, but they don't have that healthy relationships in their lives because they just don't know how to have healthy relationships in their lives. And, and no matter what they have, it's just, it's just empty, isn't it? Some of you know that, right? So if you're in a home right now and there's not that peace and connection, there's just something lacking in your life because you're not having these kind of relationships. Now, here's what I'm saying to you. Um, how much do you think patience can help those relationships? How much do you think kindness can help those relationships? How much do you think gentleness can help? How much do you think um, peace, you're not this anxious presence and frustrated all the time? But how much can love help those relationships? Are you starting to get a glimpse of what your heavenly father wants to do in you? Are you, starting to, are you starting to see that it's like, sometimes we over-spiritualize the Holy Spirit and it's all about, you know, oh, you prophesy, speak in tongues and miracles and healings. Those are great and wonderful gifts. But I love that one of the greatest things that God says he wants to do is actually in you. Is he actually wants to produce in you. He wants to transform you. He wants to give you joy, even though everyone's miserable around you. Like, do you realize that's possible? Like he wants to give you peace in a crazy world. He wants to give you and pour out your, his, his love that can love people that are hard to love. Anybody know someone hard to love? No elbows, please. I wanna give you the ability to, to, to show love to people that maybe feel unlovable and the brokenness in their life is causing them to act out and the way they're acting out, everyone keeps pointing things out and God wants to give you to supernaturally love. God wants to give you so much self-control that when that anger flows over you and, and you, 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 wanna, uh, you don't wanna forgive, he can give you the power to actually forgive and be set free in yourself. Are you getting the glimpse of the power of the Holy Spirit? The fruit of the Holy Spirit is you're a transformed person and you're walking with joy and love and your peace and your tenderness and kindness. Let me just tell you something. And when this becomes you, when you surrender to God, this changes everything in your life. I, I was thinking about this from a, um, uh, if I could, just from a practical sense to help you get this, what hit me this week. So uh, many of you know, uh, I, I have uh, some children and I love those little guys. And if you follow me on social media, you know we're always getting into mischief and trouble, uh, bl bl blowing things up and, and having fun and, and just you know, doing all the great things. And I, I devote myself uh, as a father and, and that is a role in my life. I was so blessed, my dad is right here. Um, I, had a, I, had a, I had a dad that always made me a priority. No matter what went on at work or life, he was always there. I had a mom that was, by the way, the same way. And so I just have, I'm just committed to my children. And I know at this stage in my life, I have to turn down a lot of opportunities to make sure I'm present with my boys and I'm in their lives and I'm with them and I do those things. And I love them so much. And um, one of them's doing the fast with us as well. And um, as I was walking through this week, the one that was doing the fast, I'm not gonna say their name, but they, they had a really bad week. <laughs> Every parent's like, yep. And what I mean by this is I, I love this, this boy so much. He's a good kid, but, but he just has been in a rough spot. I'm talking about the little attitude. Have you ever, I don't know if your children ever have an attitude. I don't know if that's just me. Anybody else relate? Yeah. And um, I mean, he has a pretty good life and he has complained like every moment of every day. 
And I'm just like, I'm sitting there where he can't even find room to put his Legos that he plays with. And it's like, okay, you're pretty blessed. And dad and mom worked pretty hard to make your life pretty great. And, you know, he was complaining at Disney World. He, he was complaining uh, about being bored. He was complaining about not wanting to do things. He was complaining about school. I, buddy, you've been to school twice in 40 days, just so you know. All right. Uh, he was complaining about waking up. Um, he actually became disobedient. In other words, he, he actually walked in and he goes, can I have a Coke? This is before the fast. And he'd already had a Coke. And I said, no, buddy, you can't have any more sugar. And that's good. And I, I started to walk out of the kitchen. I stopped and looked. And he looked, didn't see me. He went and took a drink of Coke. And I was, buddy. And he's like, uh-oh. And he knew. He was, but so he, absolute disobedience. Um, he began to have this bad attitude where, where he questioned everything I told him. Hey, by the way, anybody else have a kid like this? I'm just curious. Might make me feel better, right? And it really culminated, I, 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 want to, I, want to, I tell you the good of my family, I want to also tell you the real side of this. This all culminated Monday night at our living room worship night. And I was so excited because last year, the last one we had, my son had this amazing experience with God and he worshiped God for the first time and it was just something powerful. He prayed, He's very, he can be shy around crowds and he actually went and said, Dad, can I go pray with people with you together? And so it was this moment that I just like, I have a picture of it on my wall because I remember it. And so I was like excited. You ever have anticipation for, your, for someone in your life you love that they let you down? <laughs> So I'm like all excited. Hey, buddy, here's the moment. We're going to have fun, but you're going to, they're in my office. And, and I actually was walking out, holding his hand, going to go brag on him to all of you about how he's doing this fast. And on the way out, he takes my hand. He's let's go of it. I was like, uh-oh, please don't let this start now. <laughs> and then, then he began to walk out and he got mad because I told him he originally going to stay for, for 30 minutes. And then we had a prayer time, which is 45 minutes in. So I said, you know, I want you to stay 45. And he started having a temper tantrum that he had to stay 45 minutes out of 30 minutes in our night of worship. And then we caught, went to the center. I'm ready to go speak live. You can actually, it's kind of an awkward moment. You can actually watch it on live. You go to our YouTube channel. Because I'm walking out and then I can't find the camera because he, he just, then, he, then he's there. He's supposed to be with me. He takes off and leaves. Don't want anything to do with it. Okay? Then I'm in the camera. I can't find cameras. It's kind of, you can go to our YouTube channel. You can watch the awkward moment. You can see the realness of it. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was a tough night. I gotta be honest with you. I, I, I was really battling with this uh, moment with him and it was just threw me off. It wasn't the way I'd hoped that night would go. And I just wanna encourage you, by the way, for those of you that have faced some of those moments in this, that's life, by the way, okay? Um, you gotta learn to battle through those moments. And so, um, but we talked about the Holy Spirit, right? And what does the Holy Spirit do? He gives you gentleness, and so, um, if I could be real, as I got home that night, I was frustrated. You ever been frustrated with your kids, by the way, or anybody you love? Okay. Like, I love them, don't get me wrong, I would give my life for them, but it was like this, like, I wanted to say, you're being so selfish, you're being disrespectful, you're disobedient, like, what, like how could you do this to God who's given you everything, and your father and mother to give you everything, he's been giving his mom a hard time. So, do you see the part, my, my flesh wanted to speak out and not be gentle, not be patient, not be kind, and let, let him have it for all the things he's done wrong. But this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit, right? Because I begin to let the Holy Spirit lead my life, understand that concept. Okay, you know what? Now's not the night to say anything. We're just gonna just let it go. He's gonna go home, but tomorrow I'm gonna have the conversation. And so the next day, I called him into my like, little home office. Says, buddy, I'd like to have some time with you. And I sat him in a seat next to me. And let me tell you what happens. I want you to see how these traits flow out of us and transform you and your relationships and your life when the Holy Spirit leads you. And so what I started out with saying is, okay, you know what, God? Uh, remember, gentleness right? Kindness, goodness, self-control. Don't let my emotions get the best of me and speak words that could wound him or divide our relationship. See the principle? See how important the power of the Holy Spirit is? And I sat him down. I said, hey, buddy, listen, um, you know, I love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's kind of didn't want to look at me. He just was in that, he's still in that funk. And I said, hey, um, 
I said, you know, buddy, I, I gotta say, I'm so proud of you for fasting. See, I'm speaking life into my son, not letting my, the Holy Spirit speaking through me. Do you see the principle? Um, and, and I'm so proud of you. And I just wanna say, you, you have one of the most beautiful hearts. He really does. He's got a kind heart. And I said, I just remember when you were a kid, every person that was hurting, you would always give and you would, you would just care for them. And if someone was mean to someone, you would stand up for them. And remember that time you took all your money um, that you had and you gave it to that child that was a missionary and you bought them this, this thing and you did that. You're such a generous child. And I just started, and I, and I said to him, son, I, I believe that God's got a calling on your life and he's gonna use your heart to touch and change so many lives. Do you see how, different conversations go when the Holy Spirit leads them. And then I, after I shared that, I said, then I got to, okay, we have to address the issue, but hey, buddy, listen, um, hey, how you've been acting is not who you are. Notice how I didn't speak identity into him. See that, see that, see that change. But, but listen, I know you're, but, but you've been disobeying and, and, and you've been complaining and you've not been really grateful and, and, and this isn't who you are. And I, and I said, buddy, remember how we talk about there's a flesh in you and there's a, the spirit of God's in you, but as you're getting older, what's happening is this part of you is awakening and this is why we need to pray together more, right? This is why I need you not just reading uh, Diary of Wimpy Kid, right? Or these other things. You need to read the Bible a little bit on your own. This is why we, I want you to go into these worship nights is because what's happening is the reason why you're feeling these things, are you feeling the same? No, no, I've been struggling, Dad. Okay, well, that's your flesh. You need God's Spirit to, to move in you, and I want to pray with you, and I want to battle with you, and this is what your dad is here for, and this is why I'm, I'm challenging you to do these things, and it was this amazing moment that went from him turning his back to me to turning towards me and reaching out holding my hand, and then I'm, I'm hugging him, and I'm praying over him, and, and, and it's like this restoration was taking place, and and it was this beautiful moment, but who led it? The Holy Spirit. Do you see how practical, practical God is in your life? Now, in full disclosure, I had to have another one conversation with him the next day. So um, I said, buddy, all right, started to revert back. And you know what? It went just as well. And he was holding my hand at the end of it. And, and he's like, hey, let's, I want to serve. Let me do what you want to do, Dad. And he started being unselfish. And I realized it's probably, this, I'm going to probably have 5,000 of these until he gets through the teenage years of his life. I get that. But here's what I wanted you to see. Do you understand? When God says, I want to do this in your life, it's not just, oh, I want you to serve in ministry. I want you to do all these supernatural. No, I want to transform who you are. I want to transform how you see, how you speak, how you love, how you raise your children, how you live in marriage, how you live in business, how you walk in relationship, how you go to sleep at night, how you overcome strongholds. Like the source of you being transformed is the power of my DNA and my love and my affection. In fact, I love this verse. Look at this verse here. It says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through what? Through the Holy Spirit that he's been given us. And I love that moment because you have this moment where God's like, hey, listen, I will give you the power to push through that marriage. I will give you the power to help walk through the teenage years with your children. I will give you the power to find joy in the midst of brokenness. I will give you the power to walk in peace. I will give you the power to be gentle. I will give you the power to, to do good and make a difference in the world. But the key is learning to walk and letting the Holy Spirit lead your life. In fact, for some of you go, yeah, this sounds so great and I wish I could, but it's just every time I just, I get frustrated with my husband, it just comes out. I get frustrated with my kids or I get frustrated and I want it, but I don't really get it. Can I, can I just give you, and each week I wanna give you just a little tool. Like I wanna, I wanna inspire you to show you why we're going on this journey and we're seeking the Holy Spirit because I want you to see what he can do in you. But let me just give you a little tool about understanding how to experience that kind of power and walk in, in your life. And here's, here's, here's this one verse I wanna look at today. It says, don't get drunk with wine 
which actually leads to debauchery. In other words, I want you to look at the imagery. As you consume alcohol, the substance, the substance then controls you. Do you get that? So what you fill yourself, what you focus your energy in filling begins to control your emotions and your behaviors. Do you, we all, anybody's ever, uh, I know you've never been drunk, but if you've known someone that has been drunk, um, someone laughed way too loud right there. It's, uh, um, but you know what happens, right? You, you change, don't you? You feel differently, you do things differently. Why? Because you consumed it, it controls you. And I love that picture because here's the next part of this. Instead, or in the same way, what, is, what does the Bible tell us? Be filled with the Spirit. And the idea is that God's presence is in you. When, when you get saved, He's in you, He's in you. We're gonna give you opportunity, to, if you never uh, give life to Jesus here in a few moment, moments, but, but you get saved, He's in you. But notice the thing that we're told here, but you need to choose to keep being filled with Him. And the idea is you have to keep positioning yourself in a way where the voice of God, the power of the presence begins to be leading you. So I love what he says. Hey, you need to make sure that in the same way you're, you're, you're positioning your life with alcohol and the, you know, the clubbing and doing all this, leading this life, you need to position your life, your senses in a way where you're filling yourself with the Spirit of God that's in you so that he can do these things. And then he gives us some hints of how this happens. Notice this. He says, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns. So, so part of it's done in community. Like the small group that you're in. By the way, those of you who have students, those of you in our student ministry, hey, that small group you're in, the community of friends you're doing life with is part of how God fills you because who you do life with begin to shape who you become. I love this. In Psalms and hymns, what is the scripture? Do you know the Bible? It says it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So as you're reading or consuming God's word, what are you doing? You're consuming the power of the Holy Spirit. You see the principle? Um, you're... you're, you're uh, you're speaking with hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Worship. Worship. The Bible tells us that we enter um, the courts of God with thanksgiving and praise. And then he goes to thanksgiving, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, how do we fill ourselves up? Well, what are we doing in these 21 days of fasting? We're giving you space to fill yourself with God's word. That's that devotion on the Holy Spirit. Go to our website at gojourneychurch.com, more of God. Start following, you're only a week behind, so just do one in the morning, it's only like 10 minutes. Do one in the morning and one at night for one week and you catch up. It is, it's amazing. How many of you have done the devotion, by the way? How awesome is that, right? Like it's, so, it's right on your phone. You just take lunch break. You could just read this. And, and so what are we doing? What are you doing though? You're consuming God's word and what does that do? It's allowing you to experience the God's spirit. Hey, tomorrow night, Tomorrow night's your last chance. Don't miss it. I'm saying rearrange your schedules because what is a greater priority than getting into a room filled of a lot of people seeking the presence of God where the presence of God is moving and shaping and transforming your life. Whatever you're doing tomorrow night will not benefit you as much as putting yourself in an environment we call living room sessions where to get prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. We worship, we enter into the courts of God's. Listen, I know we're at our Boynton campus. Some of you Lakers, you should go see it one time. Let, let's, let's experience the power of God. Why? Because you're positioning yourself where you can be filled with the Spirit of God. When did the disciples experience the, 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 the falling of the Holy Spirit? When they were gathered together in the room in worship and in prayer in Acts chapter two. When did Jesus experience the Holy Spirit? When he prayed and then the Father sent the Holy Spirit. And you see the pattern over over and over again. So are you positioning yourself in that? Are you reading those devotions? Are you spending your time praying? Are you fasting? What are we doing? What I'm doing is saying, I, I want you to experience the power of God in your life. But you've got to position yourself because remember, there's this God in you and then there's you. And the way to let the God in you win is you've got to consistently consume Him. In fact, I think to myself, 
with last week being kind of rough week and all that going on, I wondered if I wasn't fasting and reading devotions and having that living room worship. I wonder if I might've responded differently. And how many of you want to, want to experience the power of God? I'm just telling you to make those decisions. Because I really truly believe what you're gonna learn is when you let him, when you, when you fill yourself, next we're gonna talk about letting him lead you a little bit. And when you begin to do these things, listen to this, God's power will transform you. Just like you saw Jesus before the Holy Spirit and after the Holy Spirit, the disciples before the Holy Spirit, after the Spirit, you're gonna look at your life, you're gonna look at your relationship, you're gonna look at your emotions, you're gonna look at your, he's gonna change who you are. So let's continue to run after being filled with the Holy Spirit and letting God begin to do his incredible work in you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your spirit. I thank you so much for everything that you do in us. God, I pray right now for, some, for, for, the, for so many people that, have, that you moved in, but they've, never, they've really, never really taken that step to really just seek you and experience your power. So God, as they begin to, through this fast, begin to seek your power, your presence, that relationship cultivated with you, God, begin to move in them and transform them. Guide them in wisdom. Give them the power to overcome. Let, let, season the words they speak and the relationships that they have. God, bless them with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.